0: This is the Creative Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lopez. Hope you enjoy this podcast. It's set up and designed for coaches, leaders, and influencers to share their stories and inspire others to share their stories as well, that we can all learn together as a community and get better every day. So thank you for listening. You're season two. Today's guest is Nate Vogel. Coach Vogel is the head coach of the women's program at Texas AM International. We talked to him today about his three pillars, service, toughness, and do extra. We talk about how not to live a fruitless life and how losses will learn you. I hope you enjoy this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach.
1: Appreciate you
0: having me. Coach Vogel, uh, man, what a week you've had. It's been fantastic. It's been amazing. All over the Twitter sphere, all over the media, uh, you know, you guys down at A&M International in Laredo, Texas, uh, man, really making some noise, knocking out Division I opponents, and you all being from the Division 2 level, that's uh, it's of note. And so I think its it was more, I don't know. I was like, man, I, I need to talk to this guy, you know, who this guy is. And I think our listeners need to know who you are, too, because that isn't something that you kind of just brush over and say, ah, they probably got lucky. You know, those are some very decisive wins. And so I think that's something that, that, here again, is noteworthy now. Coach, I want to ask you, like I ask every guest to start off in that, how were you introduced to the game of basketball?
1: Uh, my parents put a Nerf hoop in my hallway, that, you know, and as soon as I could walk, I was I was uh, throwing up some shots in, in in our hallway and and fell in love with the game. You know, it's funny. My parents aren't aren't real big sports people, but uh, you know, I just that's all I wanted to do when I was a kid. And it was it was every sport: was basketball and football and soccer and whatever else was was available. I uh, just loved competing and and uh, you know uh, fell in love with basketball. Played in
0: college and and uh, you know wanted to continue to to be involved with it. So got into the coaching game. Awesome, coach. Now. When you talk about that kind of, you kind of ran through a quick timeline of that, but I want to get more in depth as far as the playing experience. What was your experience as a player? Because yeah, you get to play college ball and maybe you had been recruited out of high school, but and then some people take that as like, "Wow, I had a great experience." But really, what was your experience? What what, what lens did you view that through?
1: Yeah, you know, and I had a, an interesting experience, which um, you know I know a lot of other people have been through this as well, but. Um, The coach who recruited me, I was recruited by by an assistant coach primarily, Uh, he was gone by the time I showed up for my freshman year of college. Wow. And so, you know, that was, you know, initially a little hard because, you know, that's who I would spent the most time talking to um and then uh, by the end of my freshman year uh the head coach was also gone took another job as, as and the assistant coach at that time left as well so by the time I started my sophomore year um you know the entire coaching staff was was gone and so uh, obviously that's a, a bit of an adjustment and, and each coach kind of brings in their own players but you know I was lucky enough and, and fortunate enough to um you know play a lot and, and be on some really good teams we my freshman year we were ranked number two in the nation at one point and, nice. and made it to the elite eight and um you know obviously with that turnover there were some some you know tougher years in between but by my senior year we were back in the national tournament and made it to the sweet 16 and and uh, so learned a lot learned kind of you know I, I don't know if it's as much of a business as division one it's certainly not but you kind of realize. Uh, things can, can change in a quick hurry and, and you better enjoy all the time you have so um you know it, it was we again played on some great teams but had
0: some ups and downs in, in the uh, college experience yeah no you, you're you right it's not all business but still to a degree at the coaching level is a business in the sense that um if you i don't know if you get a if you get another opportunity you 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 go do what you got to do, and change is constant in that in the profession, and you know that better than I do. And uh, right. So, yeah, that, that's all part of the experience. And it, I just think it's, it's really interesting when you talk about how, you know, you showed up and it's like, hey, what happened? Like the bottom fell out. And uh, I think that that's a form of adversity, but nothing to the degree that it would stop a, a young man straight out of high school from pursuing his dream. So that's great. Now, you know, talking earlier about going into coaching, was there anybody in particular or was there any situation that kind of influenced you to go into the coaching profession?
1: Uh, yeah, that's a, you know again, a bit of an interesting way into coaching for me. Um, when I finished playing, uh, the, the high school coach who in, in that town, Uh, I saw him in the grocery store and he asked Mm -hmm. me to be the the freshman coach for the high school team. Nice. Uh, And so that's, that's kind of how I got into coaching. Great guy. And again, we were part of a great team. We're actually the varsity team was was number one in the state at that time. So it was fun to to learn from him and, and uh, be around some talented high school players. And that was uh, on the boys side, obviously
0: is where I started. Uh, But that's how I got in. Yeah. So, you know, here you're to talk about being the number two team in the state, the number one this. Man, you're, you're part of a lot of different, uh, I guess, uh, I don't want to say ranking uh, darlings, but it seems like you're part of some good programs. And that's definitely something that uh, when you've tasted success and, and winning, it's kind of one of those things where you kind of know what the culture is moving forward to how to construct that. And so I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, you bring in that mentality. Go ahead, coach. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Um, yeah. You, you, you know, I think every coach would say, you know, you, you're going to take the
1: good from the successful programs. And like I said, we had some, uh, a tough year there um, when we had the new coaching staff when I played. And so you learn from, from some of those things as well and uh you know i don't think anybody is is um coming up with too many new radical new ideas in basketball i think uh, most coaches are stealing from other ones in terms of ideas and and you know that's that's what i've tried to do um you know take take some of the good stuff and and try not to repeat some of the stuff
0: that that wasn't done well and hope you you have some some great talent around you yeah no for sure that those things that you t- I like what you talk about, you know, you're telling on, on, on all his coaches about stealing. You know, if people only knew, like, you don't re- you need to reinvent the wheel to set yourself apart. You just need to learn how to execute uh, your plan for the program, for your players, and and, and there's other things that, that come with that. But, yeah, that is, I, lo- I, lo- I love to hear coaches talk about taking from other coaches because that's how we do it. That's yeah, I mean, it's got a name. So somebody did it before us.
1: Yep, someone, someone better than me has, has come up with a lot better ideas. And so <laughs> yeah. I can I can steal a couple of them. I'm I'm certainly going to do it. And yeah. um, you know, like I said, it, really, I think coaches get get probably way too much credit. You know, we don't get any points or rebounds. If, <laughs> if,
0: if yeah. any credit is due, it's for recruiting the right players. But you know, honestly yeah. the players got to go out and do everything. So yeah, yeah. I think it's a healthy mix of all that. I think it's, uh, you know, to the victor goes the spoils. And when you did something like you just did, Coach, or the week you're coming off of, I think there's a lot of uh, attention that's going to come your way about you in particular, I mean, hence you being on the podcast, but also your players. Your players definitely can uh, have this sense of not uh, the work is done by far, no, but the work is still yet to be done and how good can we really be? you know, moving forward. So that's fantastic. Now, I want to ask you about your first time as a coach talking about maybe even your time coaching as the the freshman team. Do you recall, like, a memorable moment where you were like, okay, I'm not a player anymore, I'm a coach, like, this is for real?
1: Well, first of all, I I realized I don't know what the heck I'm doing here, you know, in terms of I'm a a point guard playing, and then you think you have a pretty good idea on on what it is to coach, but you really don't. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, as you move into college coaching I know I'm skipping ahead of here a little bit but um, you you realize like when I when I first got into it I'm thinking coaching is you go out and coaching games and you coach practice and Mm -hmm. uh, I guess at the high school level that's primarily what it is but uh, at the college level the coaching part is is you know just not a majority of the time you spend in a day it's it's all the other stuff uh, the administrative stuff so you know that's the thing that I think most Coaches are, uh, new coaches, I should say, are, are surprised about. And, and, you know, I have a number of girls on my team that, that want to coach we kind of talk about what that looks like and what that uh, really is. And and I tell them, you know, I just, you know, I don't spend as much time as you think coaching, like basketball coaching and they, they don't really believe me. I don't think Um, (laughs) so, but you know, I I would not change this for anything. I I love waking up in the morning and coming to work every day. And I I could not imagine
0: doing anything else. Fantastic. No, I, I think most of us, you know, listening can really come to agree with that. You know, some of us haven't worked a day in our lives since we've become coaches and, and worked in that profession. And so, yeah, no, it's it's super important to kind of have that right mindset. Also, to, to help your players who want to go, you know, at the college level, you're going to have players that are really in this multiple moment. And I don't know if multiple is even a word to use with this, but in this so uh, kind of uh, they want to make a pivot from player to what now. You know, because most of them aren't going to go play professionally. So, what do I do after that? And for you to take some of them under your wing and show them, like, hey, look, I got to be a CEO, not just the guy stopping on the floor with a nice suit. And so, you know, I, th- I think that's that's a value really for the for the student athlete, the college student athlete. So that's great coach. Now, coming off this memorable week that you just had, and then, yeah, I'm making light of it because it, it it deserves it and it it warrants it. But I would ask you, coach. What have you learned about your team to this point? Because there's things that happen in a a season where you're trying to find your identity and look for yourself as a coach. Where do I need to take this team? What have you learned about your team so far?
1: Yeah, um, and we talked about this as a coaching staff after both those, those wins. It was eerily silent in our locker room like you know you know you have the initial walk in the locker room and everyone's jumping and screaming uh, yeah. you know the, the, the initial excitement but by the time i get done talking which isn't very long i, I don't give too long of speeches but um by the end of that like it you know our, our young women are just sitting in their in their lockers and you know kind of moving on with the night and thinking about the next game and it was just weird that you know they were composed enough to you know, I thought I was going to have to come in there, I guess, and, you know, give the speech of, you know, we got another game, you know, don't get too high, you know, that kind of thing. And yeah. they kind of had done that on their own. It was nice. And we do have a lot of upperclassmen on our team that have you know, been through the ringer a couple times. So they understand that a little better, but, um, I guess that was a long way around answering your question. I just feel like we have a very composed and mature team that understands what the next step is um, and, and knows we got to get back to work. And especially in our conference. And I know every coach says they got the toughest conference in the nation. I get that. Uh, but, you know, in the Lone Star, we really feel like we do. Uh, you know, we have – uh, two of the last four national champions, and I believe at the end of the last season when COVID hit, I think we had seven of the top ten in the region. So, yeah. um, you know, we, we got a tough conference, and, you know, I told our team, and, and our returners know this, that, you know, I think the teams we're going to play in our conference might be as good or, or possibly better than those Division One teams that we beat. Wow. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But, um, you know, we, there's a lot of talent in this league that either came down from Division One as a transfer or a significant amount of the players had division one offers and just for whatever reason decided division two was a better option for them.
0: So uh, we don't, you know, for any any second think that it's going to get easier from here on out. Yeah, no, you, and I believe you start conference play already coming up soon. So you, there's no, there's no time to rest. I mean, that's right You rest on your laurels as they say. And so, yeah, yeah, you're right. You, you know, we've, we've interviewed some of the coaches that you'll be facing in your conference. And yeah, they are fantastic teams. And I've guarantee you if they were overlooking you, they're not anymore. (laughs) You know, it's a a wake up call. And so to speak to that as well, coach your culture, I want you to break down for us because I I read somewhere about talking, you talking about culture and talent. And I think those two, you know, the word culture gets thrown around a lot and kind of misused at times, but I still believe it's at the kind of foundational part of what you're doing. And so can you break down for us how you've built your pro- program on culture and talent?
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think I've heard this said by, by other coaches before, but culture isn't what's up on your wall. It's, it's not the, you know, the slogans that, you know, you put on the bulletin board. It's with what you do every day. Yeah. And so for us, uh, we concentrate on three pillars. Uh, and we talk about this to the recruits we bring in. we talk about it almost every single day to the, the current team, but, Uh, We build our team on service, and that can mean a lot of things. But, you know, initially it means taking care of your teammates and making sure that uh, us as a coaching staff are taking care of our players. Uh, And then obviously that spreads out into the school and the community as well. Um, But second thing is, is toughness. And, you know, that obviously means the taking charges, the diving on the floor, all that kind of stuff, but it also means if we get home late uh, from a road game, road game, uh, you're in class the next day. You're you're doing all that that kind of toughness as well. And then the third pillars do extra. So, you know, obviously that means getting up extra shots outside of practice. That means uh, academically, if your teacher is telling you to, to hand in your assignment on Thursday, you're handing it in on Tuesday. Or if you're supposed to read three chapters, you're reading four. So always talking about what's
0: going to separate us from from you know, other teams and other individuals. And so those are the three things we concentrate on. Fantastic. Now, it's the talent component because I think that, you know, you can't ever look, overlook those things. Like uh, yesterday we saw you know, a Division One tournament, the Maui, where, you know, UT knocks off North Carolina. And then you hear everybody say, you know, wow, Shaka Smart, you know, he got a lot of talent. Maybe that's why he's winning. We all know he's a great coach. That, that's, uh, that's the obvious, but there was doubts, right? And so sometimes talent speaks a lot about what you're doing, but how do you view talent within that culture? Because, yeah, you need talent to win, but talent alone just doesn't get it done. You have to have a, a blueprint for them.
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, as far as – you know, I, I, we talked a little bit about this before we, we started recording, but I really believe the most talented team is going to win most games regardless of the coaching. Yeah. Um, I think if the talent is, is relatively even, then yeah, maybe the coaching is going to come into play and you got to do some X's and O's things and and motivational tactics and that kind of stuff but um you know i think primarily you know if you can get the most talented team you're going to be successful and so but when you have evenly talented teams now what team is going to you know take care of each other when things get hard what team is going to uh, make sure they stick together and so i think that's where our chemistry and culture stuff comes into play and i think we do a really good job with that making sure that You know, like I mentioned previously, the the players feel
0: like they're cared about and and not only by the coaches, but but by their teammates as well. Fantastic. And I think that's where those three pillars like you're talking about. That's where that togetherness comes from. That's, you know, if you serve together, if you work hard together, do extra things and you're tough together. I mean, that stuff is just I don't know. It's reciprocal when you're when your teammate is doing something that you maybe wouldn't do. But now you're looking at it like man, I need to do it, too. And so there's just all that. So I love your three pillars, Coach, and and how it brings togetherness. And, like, you're talking about talent, that's – man, that's a good mix. You know, there's that saying, hard work uh, beats talent when talent fails to work hard. But, man, if you have talent that works hard, man, (laughs) you're in trouble whoever's on that other end of the court. So I think that's – you know, it's fantastic, Coach. I I really like that now. Uh, How have, you know, your previous stops, you know, starting off – at Lutheran High School of St. Charles uh, County and then kind of going to SIU, uh, being a strength and conditioning coach there. Like, you're all, you know, and even at the JUCO level, what have your previous stops, you know, prepared you for for now? Like, how, how have they done that?
1: I think the, the biggest thing I've learned is don't, uh, don't sway from what you want to do and who you want to recruit and what mm-hmm. your culture is going to be. Um, you know, regardless of, you know, who's ranked where in terms of recruiting wise, or, you know, you got to have this to win in this conference or, you know, that kind of stuff. I think it, you know, if anything, I've solidified exactly what I'm looking for and, and what has been successful for our teams. And so just trusting my own eyes, um, you know, trusting what's, what's been successful for us. That's been the biggest thing I've learned at all my stops is, you know but i
0: think we we know what to do it's just a matter of you know working hard and doing it yeah i like what you said trust in your own eyes i think you know we hear that a lot in the recruiting world as far as coaches when they're evaluating players is you know trust your own eyes but you got to trust your own eyes especially with your own with your team what's going on with your team so you know and i think we have to have the pulse of our teams no matter what so i think it's also, what you're talking about. Uh, how important is the mental health of you, your team, and your staff moving forward?
1: Well, and that's something we've, we've spent a lot of time on, mostly because our players brought it up initially is just, you know, we want to make sure our teammates are okay. And, and so we send out, um, you know, these, these little surveys, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, you know, every couple of weeks or so and, and checking in on our players and making sure they're okay. And if, you know, there's some things that, um, we need to take care of that. We provide the resources to do that. Um, but, you know, I think that's probably one of the biggest things with the COVID situation is um, just dealing with the, you know, the isolation. You know, we, we don't have our team uh, really doing anything outside of uh, our own team. So, you know, they're not hanging out with other, other general students or even other, you know, other teams in the athletic department as best we can um so just being isolated from you know the general student body they're not going out a whole lot you know even in regards to going out to eat and doing that kind of stuff we we try and keep that to a to a minimum and even you know we we don't even dine in when we go on the road we do everything in the hotel room so uh, that's been a bit of a challenge and it's certainly you know if i could Float back in time and go back to my college experience. I can I
0: can only imagine how hard it is for them. So yeah. we do try and keep an eye on it as best we can and, and do what we can to, uh, to assist them. Yeah, no, it's really important. You know, during these times, I mean, there was so much going on at the onset of all this, and I think it's for the most part, a lot of the noise has died down. However, it's it's still a threat as far as COVID is concerned. And definitely have to be vigilant and, you know, in preparation is the key. And so, yeah, mental health, though, I I just I put a premium on on it for everything because I know, you know, young people in general, uh, they're all about the vibes and all that stuff. And so, you know, the vibe that they don't get from kind of being secluded and, and kind of in, you know, solitude, maybe some of them. Uh, you know that's that's something to really keep an eye on, and I'm glad to hear that you're doing so because that's uh, it's a great um, service. You know, like we talked about it's part of your pillars, service that you can provide to your student athletes. So that's great. Now, Coach, I want to ask you about your support system because most of us we have uh, you know whether it's our assistant coaches, whether it's our spouses, whether it's our friends and our family. We all need a support system to to be in this profession of coaching. How important is your support system?
1: It's it's you know paramount. You know, you mentioned family. You know, and I think every coach knows this, and if they don't, they better figure it out quick. That their, their spouse has to be supportive of this. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, you mentioned some of my previous spots. You know, we've kind of been all over the place. From you know illinois to missouri to south dakota to montana to texas and so um if your spouse isn't on the same page and, and supportive of what you're doing it's, it's not possible to be successful i don't think so thankfully i have a, a very supportive wife that that you know allows me to to do this job um and then you know assistant coaches wise man that what a huge help that they are and if you I, I think you have to have good assistants who know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, don't have to be micromanaged and I got two of the best um, in terms of helping with recruiting and, all you know, just all the things that assistant coaches do. Um, again, I, I think you have to have them. Otherwise, um, you know, there's not a time enough time in the day for a head coach to do everything that needs to be done to run a successful program. And so uh, again, so so thankful for the ones I have, and and um, you know I
0: think our players, you know, realize as well, you know, when you have good assistant coaches, everything just works better. Yeah, no, and at the Division two level, you know, having assistant coaches is at a premium, and so you really, really got to make the right choices and trust them, because if they're part of your your main resource of support, or your main sources, one of your main sources of support. Yeah, you got to make sure you choose wisely. And, and you know, and your wife, Tracy, I'm sure you chose wisely with her, you know, and that's great because uh, mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. That's how I see it, quite honestly. You know, the kids can feel however they want to feel, but <laughs> your mama is not happy, goodness gracious. So that's great, coach. So, you know, you know I hear those stories, and, and I know coaches go what they go through on a daily basis and the time away from home. That's always tough, but uh, when there's support to move around the country, as if you were on some tour, uh, you know that definitely does help. You know for for that to be in place. So now, coach, I want to ask you because here again we talk about your family, you talk about your experiences uh, in coaching and some of the things that you've encountered when building culture, when building a program. Uh, why do you do what you do when you wake up? You know why? What do you, you know? What's your I guess. Your, I don't want to say your motivation, but maybe your motivation. Why do you do what you do?
1: Well, and I think you know, for me, and I think every coach is uh, different in, in what that is for them. But for me, um, this would be a pretty, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Fruitless life. If, if all I was about was was winning and losing, that'd be yeah. um, that'd be pretty disappointing. If that's all I was I was caring about. So for me, it's it's the relationship that I have with my players, and you know, getting a text or a phone call from a former player. That's that's what this is about for me, wow. you know, getting the, the invitation, the mail to come to the wedding or, Hey coach, uh, we're going to have a baby soon, or just anything. It could be, Hey, hope you're having a good day. Those are the things that I coach for. Yeah. Um, and then if you can have those relationships and also win a lot, <laughs> icing on the cake. Uh, so, but like I said, you know, I don't, I can't think of anything I'd rather do, um, you know, in terms of being able to build those kind of relationships and having as much time, you know, we talked a little bit about family, you know, as, as coaches know, you spend the majority of your time with your players and, and unfortunately not uh, with your immediate family. And so, um, you know, having the time to build those kind of relationships is, is great for me. And luckily, um, you know,
0: my players want to have relationships with my kids and my wife as well, which which makes it all, all even better. Yeah, that work-life balance thing, I'm not sure how real it is for some people. But when you can integrate your family, it becomes kind of a real thing because it's all kind of one uh, to a degree. Uh, you know, never, your wife and your kids might not be able, to be able to be with you at practice but or go on the road with you. But at the end of the day, when you integrate them, man, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing, quite honestly. Now, Coach, I want to ask you about what, about yourself, what you've learned about yourself because, you know, as lifelong learners, which I hope all coaches are, uh, which I think they are to, to a large degree. Uh, what have you learned about yourself throughout your career?
1: Well, um, what I learned last year, let me let me go over there. So we yeah. just finished um, at Miles. We came off a 33-1 season, and then we took over a program that uh, the previous year had, was a winless, and then in the previous three years combined only had five wins. And, wow. you know, I think I'm going to come in here and, and you know, do it, do a really, really good job. And what I learned real quick last year was I'm not as good as I thought I was. (laughs) Um, so it was was a very humbling experience. Um, what I did learn is, you know, what I need to do better. Um, and, and, uh, so I think as much as I didn't want it to happen, I think the, the, Losses that we had last year were exactly what I needed to to get better at my profession and get better at how I do things. And so, um, you know, like I said, if, if nothing else, uh, and we just talked to our team about this, you know, after our two wins that, that we started the conversation with, but, um, you know, pride comes before the fall. And, and so we're, we're making really sure that we stay humble. And, uh, you know, obviously with this COVID situation, being very thankful for each and every practice and game we get, mm-hmm.
0: uh, just trying to, you know, do the best we can with each day, but, you know, making sure that we're humble. Yeah, no, there's nothing more important than when you come off a successful situation like you're in to stay humble and continue to be hungry and work hard and all those things that come along with a successful season, not a successful stretch of the season. That's the worst thing I think coaches when we go back and we kind of, uh, you know, review our the, the year in review, if we will. And say, well, we had a good stretch, but then you know, and then we had it. like, yeah, you're gonna have those, but you want to have as least amount as possible, <laughs> and so don't 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 let the beginning of your season be, you know, all the best stretch ever, and then and, and end it off. However, you know, I think that's uh, super important. So yeah, staying humble, coach, that's fantastic. Now, my last question is always about uh, legacy, because and I know you still got a long ways to go. So some people take this question sometimes with a grain of salt, or however they want to take it. And So I, I kind of I'm kind of getting a feel for who you are, Coach. So I kind of know maybe where you, how you'll answer this. But it, it really to me, it could be a working legacy. It could be something that here again, you talk about why you do what you do, the phone calls, the texts, the invitations. That's a lot bigger than basketball. So I, I'm sure your legacy will will be there in a in a way that you've constructed it. Now, what would you want to be said of you, though? when your career is all said and done?
1: I have this conversation with my team every year and, and multiple times a year. Uh, my legacy, whether, whether I like it or not, is going to be whatever my players become. Wow. Yeah, and we talk about, you know, no one is going to remember, including myself, quite honestly. Uh, they're not going to remember how many wins we had and how much we beat team A or B, by. no one's going to remember that. No one's going to remember my players points in game seven of season 2021 no one no one knows or no one really is going to care to to be quite honest with you so um you know like i said whatever my players become is is my legacy and so uh we spend a lot of time on you know personal development and and that kind of stuff you know there's been some days where we don't even touch a basketball you know we just talk and and, you know whether that's you know just working on some things culture-wise in our team or chemistry-wise doesn't happen often but um, there's been some days where we don't even touch basketball and so again I hope I know, my team knows they, they're cared for and, and I hope they do great things and, and uh, so I hope you know, that is my legacy more so than you know, he was a good
0: X and O's or he won this percentage of games I hope that's not uh, ultimately what I'm, what I'm judged by Coach Vogel I really do appreciate your time thank you so very much uh, here again I had to, I had to have you on, man, knowing that what you, you know, what you and your team accomplished, not, you're not done yet. I, I get that. I understand that. But to this point, uh, I kind of want to give recognition where it's due, especially here again in these trying and precedent at times. Uh, everybody needs to needs good news out there. So here again, man, I do appreciate your time. Well, again, I appreciate you having me on and, and covering women's basketball and, and, uh, Hope you have a good rest of your week,
1: and, and, uh, again, I appreciate your time. Likewise.